0: Let's deliver. Okay.
1: <laughs> Hello, makers. Welcome to our studio, a brand new branch of the Making Conversation podcast, where we chat all about making, the app, and the act. I'm Jen, and I'm Ashley. Today, we're going to dive into some shout outs to a few people in the making app community, tell you all about the people of Lake Titicaca, and how making is deeply woven into their culture, and a few other crafty things. You've heard our voices before, but since we're kicking off some new content, let's do a quick intro. I'm Ashley. My pronouns are she, her, and my making username
0: is aptly Ashley. And I reside in Boise, Idaho, which was a pandemic move, but we fell in love with it, so here we are. I've been crafting my whole life, making all sorts of craft and art. Find me on the app. I dabble in everything, so let's connect on that. What do I do when I'm not crafting? I have three little boys, so I am
1: chasing them or trying to wear them out somehow
0: so that's what I'm doing when I'm not
1: crafting I'm Jen my pronouns are she her my making username is knitpearl I currently live in Seattle, Washington. I say that like I move around a lot. I've almost lived here for 20 years. (laughs) And (laughs) I have been crafting since I was young, for sure. But I've been knitting since my early 20s. Knitting is my craft that I go to right out of the gate. But after joining making, I have learned how to crochet and sew and paint and macrame. I incorporate those as much as I can. And what do I do when I don't craft? I hang out with my dogs, I like to travel a lot, and I also like to move. So either dog walks or lifting weights in the gym or jumping on my Peloton. That's what I do when I don't craft, but I do craft often since we're so big on community we wanted to make sure to include y'all in this podcast too not only will we include special interviews with some of the members of our community but we also want to include some things that you would send us via email send in your questions craft professionals any secrets that you want to put out into the world about crafting and we might just read it during recording anonymously obvi any shout outs you want to give for the amazing makers in the app ideas for segments, etc. So send us a note at hq at makingco.com and put podcast somewhere in the subject line, and we'll get to as many of your emails as possible during future recordings. We want to bring more about our Making Up community to this podcast because not only is it super special, but it is just full of so much creativity
0: I mean, I could call out some specific posts and projects, and I probably will in the future because there's just so many of them. But the biggest thing that's been bringing me joy and that I've been just like really excited to see updates on every week is these communities that we built around Bright Collective which is our monthly craft membership. One in particular is this new chat group that we created called Art Hour. And it was based on our monthly gathering. One time a month, we all get together and create with like some art prompts that I propose to the group as part of Bright Collective. And then we have this chat group. It's been a lot of fun to converse in there and share progress and talk about supplies. It's pretty new. So I'm really excited to see that grow and
1: and see what it becomes. I am in that chat group and I really enjoy all of the conversation around pulling out paints and putting pen to paper as a practice. I have been super inspired by Tina, Tina Say Knits in the making app. She has been adding to her shop in the marketplace. Everything she knits is just so beautiful. But what I've really loved is she's been Posting a lot about her cooking journey and her newfound love of it, Danielle, which is just her handle, Danielle, she has created a sewing journal that not only incorporates art and another practice with the craft of sewing, but it also gives a lot of detail around each clothing item that she's created
0: One of the things that we've done at making since the very beginning within our team is usually in like a group team meeting, we've been really cognizant of setting both intentions and also talking about what we're grateful for. So we'll get to the second part later, but I think it's always really important to talk about what is our intention, like either in our making, in our life. And we would love to invite any and all people on the app or listeners to share their intentions on the making app or send us a little message and we'll maybe air it on the podcast. And these don't always have to be centered around making, but mine definitely is. And that is to find time each day to sketch or paint in my sketchbook uh, as sort of like a grounding experience, because I think it's easy just to put things aside and not make time for it. But even just something really short and simple can really create a lot of grounding in your day through the busyness and all the things that we have to do and bring an element of joy as well. Jen, how about you?
1: My intention is to mindfully harness this energy I have been feeling. One of the things that I have been trying to do over the last year is just listen to my body and mind more. Something that I have really learned about myself is... That's what I need to do to really be able to move forward in a way in my life that is intentional. Through the months of November and December, I felt like I needed to take things really slow and give myself a rest, my, my brain, my body, and just be slow. Animals hibernate in the winter. And so I wanted to take that same path. This energy really started flowing after I visited you all in Boise, that I just feel this power around what we're building, the time that I'm putting towards it. I want to make sure that it is continuously flowing, but also in a very mindful way. I love it. We have built a whole app around craftiness and being creative. So let's talk about what we're working on. Yeah. I
0: am working on one thing singularly in terms of a type of craft, but I have really just been painting a lot. Like I I haven't picked up my knitting needles in a while. I haven't really done much else other than paint and draw for a while now and I'm loving it and fully embracing it. What are you making right now?
1: The Ridges pullover from Winter Gifts volume 4 at making Put Out over this last winter. The yarn that I'm using is from Farmer's Daughter Fibers. Absolutely love working with it. It's been a fun project. I will say Sleeve Island is real. (laughs) I have been there for a long time. Please send help. I'm definitely ready to be done with this second sleeve. I think we've all been there, whether it's with knitting, crocheting, or any other project that we've done, that we absolutely love what we're doing, but we're ready for it to be be wearable. So that's where I'm at right now. And I'm a big fan of watching TV of all types and knitting and sitting with my dogs and maybe having a glass of wine. We have been blessed with some really good television as of late. No spoilers. Don't worry. Um, The Last of Us. It's just been an amazing series. The Mandalorian. We went from The Last of Us with Pedro Pascal trying to save a child to The Mandalorian, where Pedro Pascal is also trying to save a child. Also Ted Lasso, season three. I know we've talked about our love of Ted Lasso before.
0: I am really excited. I had marked on my calendar when season three would launch this week. I have yet to find time to do it. I am very much in the season of my life, and I think probably many can relate, where First, I have little kiddos around, so I have to be, like, mindful about what I'm watching around them. But also, the normal time I could watch that, like, when they're in bed, I also fall asleep with them. I'm in that season of my life, so I'm trying to find time to catch up, (laughs) which probably will be, I don't know, maybe I'll drink some caffeine later and stay up and watch it this weekend. But I'm really excited about that. The thing I love most about that show is just I described it as, like, it's a big hug. It feels very relatable. In a sense, but also like very uplifting. And I'm also like pretty sensitive to the things that I watch. If they're too intense, I feel like I'm taking on that like chaos or that nervous system reaction. And so Ted Lasso just feels like it's going to be okay. And we're all here and it's going to work out. And I love that. I listen to a lot of stuff as a way of learning on my walks, just okay. I might not be able to read a book all the time, but I listen to a lot of books and. Lately, I've been actually listening to podcasts around a bunch of different business things. I'm still vetting them to see if they're worthy of sharing publicly, but that's what I've been spending my
1: time listening to. Here at Making, we talk a lot about our values. If you are interested in what those are, you can head to themakingapp.com backslash about. One of the things that we were doing over the last year was an initiative called Making Change, where we would highlight different organizations that align with our values. I would like to bring the same spirit of making change to part of this podcast. Trans rights are human rights, period. If you want to take action on the harmful anti-trans legislations and you live in the U.S., head to translegislation.com. All of the anti-trans bills as well as the hearings are being tracked from across the U.S. The website links to the audio and video streams online and you can share these with your community. The goal of the website is awareness. They want all eyes on these people trying to pass hate as laws. If you live in these states, you can also contact your representatives and tell them how you feel. Another way of getting involved is signing up for newsletters of organizations that are fighting against this hate, like the Trevor Project. Have conversations with friends and family to help fight misinformation. And of course, if you're able to support organizations monetarily or with your time, here are just a few. The Trans Justice Project is based in Australia. It is a trans-led organization that is dedicated to pushing back against anti-trans lobby and influence from the U.S. and U.K. The Marsha P. Johnson Institute protects and defends the human rights of Black transgender people by organizing, advocating, creating an intentional community to heal, develop transformative leadership, and promote the community's collective power. This organization is spelled G-L-S-E-N, and they work to ensure that LGBTQ students are able to learn and grow in a school environment free from bullying and harassment. And then, of course, the Transgender Law Center. The Transgender Law Center changes laws, policy, and attitudes so that all people can live safely, authentically, and free from discrimination regardless of their gender identity or expression. We encourage you to support trans rights, now and forever. If there are any organizations that you would like for us to highlight here on this podcast, send us a note at hq at makingco.com. For those of you that haven't heard about Bright Collective, this is our monthly crafty
0: membership. This is what Making Magazine evolved into. Each month we deliver a host of content. We have a zine, we have extra patterns and meditations and extra little things that we deliver to the members, but it's a a combination of projects, essays, crosswords, stories in little bite-sized pieces. And so what has been really exciting about this is seeing the community develop. Like over time, we've become a pretty tight-knit community, both on the app and then in our monthly gatherings, which is a big part of what the membership is. So each month we meet once or twice. We just start a new thing where we meet and do art hour, which is making art through art prompts. And I share a lot of the materials I'm using and we practice in our sketchbooks together and whatnot. And we'll be diving deeper into techniques and things like that. And then we have another gathering, which can be anywhere from a class to like a time for us to make together or whatever it is. So that can change sometimes month to month. But upcoming, we have Bright Collective Volume 8. I can't even believe we're at Volume 8 already. Um, that we'll be releasing. And I'm not going to give all of it away, but I'm pretty excited about it. We have a paper project, which is all about creating pieces of art for your home and something that you could adapt the same technique to something that you want to make for someone else But I'm going to introduce some kind of fun pieces of reusing some materials and creating an art piece for your home that maybe you want to frame or scale and give away. We have a really tasty recipe. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but what I will tell you is I eat it almost every single day. When I asked everyone on the team, what should I do this month? David laughed. He said, why not the thing that you eat every single day and make several times a week? So I'm going to share that. And we have... Fun story coming as part of it, and a look into my studio. So basically, just pictures of art supplies everywhere <laughs> and some mess. I'll try and clean it up a little bit. We actually have a special ten percent discount on Bright Collective yearly memberships for podcast listeners. So you can use the discount code MakingConvo10 during checkout at MakingZine.com to learn more and be a part of the community.
1: One of the things that I wanted in our studio was some history or stories around craft. Our amazing friend Marina wrote a blog post for us all about the men and women of Lake Titicaca. Disclaimer, I researched the pronunciations for these words, but if anything comes out wrong, I would like to formally apologize to the people of Lake Titicaca. Let's jump in. Tikal is a small island in Peru on Lake Titicaca inhabited by a community of indigenous people. The women of the community weave and the men knit. This small community of about 2,220 people is world famous for textiles, namely its hats called Ch'ulo. Is that right? I think that's right. I should have listened to it again. (laughs) In the Lake Titicaca community, girls are taught to weave, spin, dye yarn from a young age. Spinning is usually done with alpaca or sheep wool on a wooden spindle that is handmade. Natural dyes are used to dye the fibers, and weaving is done on a handmade backstrap loom. Created by each boy and man in this community, the hats are long and floppy and have a large tassel, and they are knit using double pointed needles, sometimes made out of cactus thorns or other sharp objects such as bike spokes. Ashley, can you imagine knitting with bike spokes? I feel like I would somehow stab myself on accident.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Although I will say that I grew up in a bike shop. My parents owned a bike shop for the first half of my life and I spent a lot of time around bike spokes and I actually I do remember they had the spare spokes in bundles, like different places in their warehouse. And I remember using them sometimes, not for knitting, but getting in trouble for like getting into the bike parts. So perhaps I might have.
1: Who knows? That's so funny. If only you would have known about this, you could have started your knitting journey with bike spokes at a young age. It's so resourceful. So I will say that. That's so cool. I agree. So these hats communicate many things about the man's place in the community. It's also how he wins over a woman to marry. It's like, who needs Tinder when you have these hats? Is that how people are meeting each other anymore? Who knows? I think it's Bumble now. (laughs) It's Bumble now. Sorry. It was Tinder back in my day. Bumble had just come out. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Back to Lake Titicaca. The boys learn to knit around eight years old by watching and learning from more experienced knitters in their community. Because these hats are so intricate, it can take an experienced maker up to a month to knit one. I feel like that's like one sleeve of this sweater that I'm working on, (laughs) but a hat and the sleeves are not that intricate. There are different meanings for colors and patterns of a chulo Red and white means a man is single, while red and pink indicates the man is married. I like that pink is introduced into this. Genderless colors. Let's go. I love it. They are also used to display feelings. Is it like the equivalent of an emoji? Ooh, maybe. Or like a mood ring? If the end hangs to the right, the man is happy. If it hangs to the left, it indicates sadness or worry. The men also use intricate stitches in their hat designs to display one's hopes and dreams. I think that that's so beautiful. It is beautiful. I would akin it to like journaling, sharing this
0: declaration, if you will. So it also feels like very vulnerable
1: too. 100%. It's right on your hat. And this is what they use to communicate with people without words. Okay. So get this, Ashley if a man wants to get married, he must first demonstrate his knitting skills to his potential father-in-law. So what if David had to show your dad how good his knitting skills were when he wanted to marry you? How would that have gone down? If he was using bike spokes, it would have won my dad over like immediately. (laughs) Your dad is like immediately. Yes. You don't even have to show me anything else. Perfect. But to demonstrate how good his skills are, the man will fill his knitted hat with water and drink from it. If there are no leaks, his marriage proposal is seriously considered. They must rub some lanolin or it must be like raw sheep wool or like something that has some like waterproof capabilities there. Something. So women look for men who make the best chulos. The better the hat, the more women he has to choose from. And once a man marries, his godfather will knit him a red julo for his wedding day.
0: I love this. We need to Beautiful. include some
1: pictures. Oh, yeah. We definitely will. We'll also post them in the Making App and on other social media pages. But you can also go to themakingapp.com backslash blog. And you'll see the blog post there. It has a little bit more information with some photos. Thank you, Marina, for doing this research and writing the blog post. We're so thankful for you. And this history of the men and women of Lake Titicaca. is just so fascinating. You'll also hear Marina coming up on future podcasts. Very excited about that. We want to take a moment of gratitude and talk about what we're grateful for. Ashley, what is your moment of gratitude for this episode?
0: I think as we've done this over the last couple of years, I always have so many things I'm grateful for. I think that is a caveat for each time we say this, but I will say this week, I have been exceptionally grateful for the sunshine. It feels like it's actually beginning to be spring. I'm not a huge fan of the time change, but I will say that it's been nice to see the sun a little bit later in the day. And I've been able to steal a little bit of time here and there to go on walks. And I can just feel the heat rating on my body. And it just feels incredible to see the sun and feel how it lifts my spirits and heals my body. So I am super grateful for the sunshine. How about you?
1: I agree. It has been beautiful this week here in Seattle. We like to call it fake spring when it comes this early because we know that there will eventually be clouds that roll back in. But We are very grateful for the time that we have. I am so grateful for the people who came to our meetup in Portland. I met some of the amazing people from our app and our community that live in Portland, Oregon. Everyone ranging from users of the app to people who came along with other people, all crafty. Also some people who are in the marketplace too. The conversations that we had just really solidified to me that we are building something that makers really want and need in their lives and how special they feel when they open the app and how they know what our intentions are and our values are based on what we're building and how excited they are that, again, we say this all the time, but this is just the beginning and that they're a part of it right now. So hello to all of my Portland friends. Thank you for coming. Hi,
0: Portland. Hi, Portland.
1: To celebrate the first episode of our studio, let's do a giveaway. This giveaway is sponsored by Miniature Rhino, a.k.a. Jessica Marquez. Miniature Rhino's mission is to share the value of handwork and textiles through accessible, skill-focused classes, creative kits, instructional books, and soft goods made with intention. From the Miniature Rhino Pattern Club, a bi-monthly stitch kit using sustainable materials, to other supplies and her books, you can find everything you need to keep your clothes mended and hand-stitching game strong. To enter this episode's giveaway of Jessica's book, Make and Mend, a Sashiko-inspired craft book, and one of her mending kits, open the Making app and search for our profile, Making. On our profile, you'll see a post about this podcast episode. Just leave a comment and you'll be entered to win. Good luck! To join the amazing community of makers in The Making App, head to themakingapp.com to download and sign up or head to your favorite app store and search Making. You can listen to The Making Conversation podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with your friends. But also, did you know that you can listen to The Making Conversation podcast in The Making App? Open up The Making App and click Discover. Scroll down to podcasts, and you'll see all current and past podcasts listed there. You can listen while you scroll the feed, post details in a project, search through the marketplace, or even just have it out while you're working on your favorite whip. If you've made it this far and you're interested in sponsoring Making Conversation, send us a note at hq at makingco.com and we'll be in touch. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the Making app.